Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bee Moms Lead Show. And remember that all this month we've been uh, raising awareness of domestic violence against moms and their children. Although that, although we do believe here at the Boss Moms Coach that men are also abused, boys are also abused. So we don't think that it's just, um, you know, mothers and their children. Uh, this has no uh, limit. Abuse does not discriminate. It comes in all forms and it reaches whoever. So it could be, uh, you know, not, it could be... Uh, towards a child, towards an adult, towards a woman, towards a man, you know, uh, doesn't discriminate when it comes to culture, religion, it just wreaks havoc on the lives of people who, I'm not going to say, um, like I said, not only certain people, but it just wreaks the havoc, it wreaks havoc on households, families, causes this dysfunction. So, I uh, as I started off yesterday uh, letting you know that this whole week I'll be sharing domestic violence survivor stories of women who got out and are recovering from the effects of their abuse and actually going on to advocate. I want to share with you two stories today. but Before I begin, I would like to bring to your attention once again that according to research, women attempt to leave an abusive relationship on average at least seven times before actually succeeding in making a permanent decision not to return. And the first story that I'm going to share today is by a woman named Angela. And these are stories taken from the amnesty.org uh, website, Amnesty International. And this is an, uh, an article that was uh, posted on their website on October 24th, 2019. And the title of this article is These Women Survived Domestic Violence. Now they're taking a stand to help others. <clears throat> I want to uh, bring to your attention that some of the stories that I might share this entire week may include graphic descriptions of violence and even some of sexual assault. So I just wanted to you know, make you aware before you listen in, um, you may not want to hear that or it may send a trigger off to you. So I wanted to make sure that I say that uh, beforehand. So the first story I'm sharing is a, is a story about a woman named Angela. In my case, it started as verbal abuse. I'd known my partner for 20 years and he was a good person. He started changing in 2015. After his mom died, he brought several guns, including a machete and a shotgun. He became more combative, not only with me, but with others and through his social media. I couldn't do anything right. One evening in early November, it turned physical. We were having a conversation and at some point, it escalated and I asked him to leave. I walked over to the door, opened it, and said we could have the conversation another day. He grabbed me by the hood of my sweatshirt, threw me out my door, and got on top of me and started choking me. 
I managed to yell for our oldest son, and he got off of me and left. We'd broken up, but we were starting to work things out again. When one morning, we had a disagreement. I was in the bathtub when he came in and shot me. I can only remember the last two gunshots. I look up at him and he says, look what you made me do, Angie. You made me shoot you. He returned with my cell phone and I told him to dial 911. I felt as though I was dying. My legs felt prickly. I didn't realize he'd shot me in the back and I was already paralyzed. I can remember being loaded in the paramedic's truck and saying to the female paramedic, please don't let me die. I have four children to raise. I spent three weeks in the hospital. During that time, around 400 people came to visit me. That's when I realized I had a message I wanted to share. Since then, I've been doing a lot of public speaking, not just about gun violence and domestic violence, but about gun control and mental health. If people are willing to listen, I want to talk about the things that matter. I survived nine gunshots, but I've never cried about being paralyzed. I still have pity parties, but it's because I have to rely on others when all I want is to be a mother again. This year, I will be partnering with the Iris Domestic Violence Center, where I will be talking to people about what to do if you're experiencing an abusive relationship. Let's not just point people in the right direction. Let's walk with them. So that was um, Angela's story. And I'm going to move on to Tiffany's story. I met my abuser when I was 14. At first, there wasn't physical abuse. It was emotional. He would embarrass me or make me feel inferior in front of other people. He went from verbal to physical real fast. When I was seven months pregnant, he beat me until I was on the floor, curled in a bowl. While I was in the hospital having my child, He cashed my mom's check and bought drugs to sell. We were behind on rent, and the landlord took everything I owned out of the home and put it on the curb. Finally, I made up my mind. I wasn't going back. He managed to track me down. He showed up at my doorway, and just like that, it was on again. Mentally, I was broken. He made me believe he was the only person who could ever love me. When I was seven months pregnant with my sixth child, he pulled a gun on me. I saw a big flash of light and my jaw swayed. I saw my shirt. It was red. The doctors told me that the only reason that the shot didn't kill me was because he had the wrong caliber bullet in the gun. While I was sitting on my doorstep, bleeding 
from a bullet hole in my jaw. The police came and threatened to lock me up if I did not tell them who shot me. I gave the name of my abuser, but later recanted my statement because I was scared and told the prosecutor that I shot myself. They dropped all the charges against him, but he ended up going to jail for three years because of a probation violation from a previous offense. I've had six surgeries and I'm still living with the physical effects of the shooting as well as the trauma. I've been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. I shake in crowds. I'm always looking for an exit. I can't read a book anymore because I can't retain information. My mind is constantly scrambling. My kids suffer. Despite everything that's happened, I am determined to raise awareness about domestic violence. I posted a video on Facebook. I was crying, but I wanted to tell people what, had, what I had been through. I didn't realize how many people had watched it, but doors started opening. I do a lot of public speaking and have even been asked to work on a play about my story. It's important for women in that situation to hear from someone who understands. A lot of people might say, you're so stupid, you should have stayed gone. They don't understand the hold an abuser has on his victim. So as you heard the two stories of those women, those mothers who went through what they went through, I want you to think about how difficult it was for them being in that situation and then not being able to leave before it got to the point it got to. And in the case of Tiffany's story where she went back and after she didn't go back, he found her and then he started his, his shenanigans again and then it led her to being, you know, to being shot. Um, and as she said, some people say, you're so stupid, you should have stayed gone, but they don't even understand the whole situation and uh, uh, of what, you know, there's a space that the victim is in. They don't understand that space. So I'd like you to think about that if you are one who's on the other side of this, this screen or listening to this podcast and you know of somebody in the situation, um, it may not be wise for you to say they're stupid or that they should have stayed gone. Um, empathy at this level needs to be kind of, you know, kind of what you need to carry with you when, uh, when talking with a person who's been through domestic violence. Um, show some empathy. You may not know what it's like to be in their shoes, um, but at least don't call them stupid and saying that, you know, like they were stupid for not leaving or staying gone. You have no idea what um, goes on for them mentally and emotionally in the situation. Maybe you have the backbone to get up, fight back, and walk out. Maybe you have that. And maybe some of these women could have done that, and maybe some of the, maybe they did. Maybe that's just a story, part of the story they told us. Maybe they weren't trying to fight back. 
So don't always think somebody's stupid or dumb. They shouldn't be calling people names like that anyway. But you shouldn't be saying that. If you could help it, just don't say anything. If they're telling you something, listen to them. And do your best to see if you can help them out. Um, and if you cannot, you know, it's better to, to, to not say anything. It's better to not say anything at all. I just wanted to um, make sure that um, you heard those two stories but to give you a moment to think. So I'm just going to take not even a whole 30 seconds, but a few seconds to stop talking and to let you just think about those two stories that I just shared with you. Thank you. And just know that there are some women who do not get out. There are some women who end up meeting death and never getting the chance to get out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Raising children while enduring domestic abuse or a toxic relationship has traumatic effects for children. And it causes psychological issues for you as well as them. Don't try to do this alone. Get some help. It's easier said than done. Trust me, I know firsthand. You can go to womenslaw.org and type in your state to view resources by state or by county. You can also call the 24-7 National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. Or you can call the Hearing Impaired Line at 1-800-787-3224. Again, 1-800-787-3224. Also, I want to bring attention to other nonprofit organizations that are providing support and advocating against domestic violence. Two are in New Jersey and two are in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So the two in New Jersey are Suna Social Services Incorporated. They have a Facebook page as well as an Instagram page. And you can call them at 862-234-9430. Again, 862-234-9430. 9430. The other one is Hijab Inc. And they have a Facebook page and an Instagram page called Hijab Inc. Love. Now I'll move on to the ones from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There's My Sister's Haven Corp. And they are in uh, they are on Instagram as My Sister's Haven Corp. And they are on Facebook as My Sister's Haven. Their phone number is 215-791-4508. Again, 215-791-4508. And the other uh, organization in Philadelphia, which helps uh, women to, you know, not to prevent them from homelessness, because sometimes in these cases, these women have nothing, and they're leaving from a house to nowhere. Um and there is um, an organization called My Life, My Choice, LLC. And they're in Philadelphia. You can find them on Facebook, My Life, My Choice, headed by a woman named uh, Manaya Slam. You can find her right on Instagram at Mira Coach Manaya. And um, 
she has been doing, she's a one-woman show when it comes to this. She's been doing this work uh, for many years and has been helping uh, families, families and women, you know, go through this. And so, uh, it's like I said, it's not just the women who are enduring domestic violence, there are men as well. So she's helping families. 